Hi, this is Ronald Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us today, and once again, welcome. Now today is yet another special day where we are continually hearing from some of the prophetic voices that we have in our body at large, where we are able to hear the words of encouragement, strengthening, and comfort that God has for his people as we begin this new year, 2021. Now today's message is actually from a familiar face. His name is Peter Aline, and throughout our churches, both nationally and internationally, he's been a teaching elder who rightly divides the word of God, but with a message that strengthens and encourages people right in the moments in which we find ourselves. And so as Peter has been continually praying for us as a church family at Second City Church and all that we're doing in the city of Chicago and beyond, he felt like he had this word of encouragement for us as we begin this new year together. So if you would, please, with all the gratitude to God in your heart, would you help me welcome Peter Aline? Greetings to all of you at Second City Church. I hope you're doing very well as we've come to the end of this year and are launching into a new year. I want to say obviously a, a special hello to my beloved friends, Pastor Rollin and B, and their children who've been friends to me and my wife for more than 18 years at this point. So grateful to have a chance to speak to you in this medium, and I sincerely hope that in 2021, we'll get a chance to be together in person um, as restrictions are hopefully relaxed and we can be together to uh, speak and to share and to minister to and encourage each other. We're coming to the end here of one of the most extraordinary years of this century. There's actually a, even a hashtag called Because 2020, which is a real trend to describe events that are mystifying, baffling, perplexing, astonishing, dreadful, and terrible. It's been a year of social unrest. It's been a year of massive economic upheaval as individuals have experienced economic displacement or lost businesses. It's also been a year in which uh, people have had family members or even friends uh, contract the disease. And in some cases, those of us who have had close to, someone close to us pass away. It's been a time of incredible shaking of people's situations and of people's beliefs and value systems, even even of their daily habits. The prophet Haggai wrote about what happens when God brings a shaking to the world. Look at Haggai chapter two, halfway through verse five. This was written several millennia ago, but it feels incredibly pertinent even today. Haggai said this, my spirit remains in your midst, fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, that the treasure of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. So we learn from this passage that God brings a shaking to circumstances, to the situations of life, the political systems, the governments, the structures of the world, in order to bring a spiritual realignment and a spiritual repositioning. In this passage, God says specifically, he's bringing a shaking so that the, his house will be filled with glory and the treasures of all nations will begin to come in. It's a repositioning and it's a realignment. 
So I wanted to talk to you today specifically about three forms of realignment that God is bringing to his church generally and very specifically to Second City Church as we close out one year and as we launch into a new one. Some of these are in the process of beginning to transpire already, and some of them have not yet fully materialized. We'll be looking at the first chapter of Philippians, which most scholars believe that Paul wrote this while he was under house arrest in Rome. He was under the watchful eye of a Roman soldier at the very elite category, a member of the Praetorian Guard, and he would have been chained to this soldier, specifically from one wrist to the other wrist, they would have been chained together. So as Paul writes this, here's the situation. He's been transferred from Caesarea to Rome by boat. He's had a shipwreck and a venomous snake bite along the way. Now he's under house arrest. He's got his right wrist chained to an elite Roman guard's left wrist. If you think about Paul, remember that he's a guy who constantly wanted to be on the move. He was constantly going to preach the gospel. He was moving from city to city. Uh, there was even a time Luke described in the book of Acts where um, they were traveling by ship from one city to another, but Paul said, I'd rather go on foot just so I can get some, some time on the land. And so he went on foot and met them at the next port. So here's a guy who loves to be on the move. He loves to be preaching the gospel. And here he is. And for two years, he's under house arrest and he's chained to a Roman guard. There will ever be a situation for Paul to complain about what he's going through and his treatment. It could be this time. But instead, Paul spends this letter to the Philippians, constantly urging them to be filled with joy. He says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. I thank my God every time I remember you. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. Do these sound like the words of a man who was chained to a Roman guard? Paul's earthly situation was unpleasant, but his spiritual demeanor, which affected how he viewed the situation, it was one of joy. And his perspective brought thankfulness and gratitude and the eyes to see how he could use every opportunity to advance the gospel. So before we draw these, these points, these three lessons of spiritual realignment that God has for Second City Church as we move into this new year, let's take a moment to first read Romans, uh, Philippians 1, 12 to 18, and then to pray. First, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you said, by keeping it, your servants are warned, and there is great reward as well. So, Father, we pray that you would speak to us. We pray that you would confirm for us your purpose, your plan, and our placement within that plan in the year 2021. In Jesus' name, amen. Bigger, bolder, broader. Second City Church, these are our three watchwords heading into 2021. First, bigger. Let's look at what Paul says in Philippians 1, verses 12 to 13. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole praetorium and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So rather than focusing on the fact that he was under house arrest, he was chained to a Roman guard, Paul focused on the impact of the gospel. Now what happened to Paul while he was under house arrest? 
three or four times a day, depending on the length of shift of the specific guards. Different guards would come in, they'd watch over him. They'd watch him caringly and painstakingly writing letters to various churches throughout the, the known Roman Empire. They would see him as people came to visit him. Luke says he was able to minister to people who came to his house. They would hear him singing and praying songs of praise to God and praying to God. Finally, because Paul used every opportunity to share the gospel, they would directly have had that witness to them of the truth of the gospel. And so what was the impact of that? They thought, Paul's a captive, and I'm here on my shift to ensure that he stays that way. They didn't really realize that they were a captive audience to hear the gospel. They saw him meet with the leaders of the Jews and share with them the hope of Israel, and they began to embrace that hope themselves. Day in and day out, they heard Paul speak about how God was calling people to repent and that Jesus had defeated death, and it began to impact them. The word that uh, is used here in Philippians 1 to advance the gospel, it describes what the Roman Empire did as they sent out their armies and they had to go through a forest. They would literally just clear a road through the forest so that the army could advance. Paul uses that exact word to describe what it was like for the gospel to be advanced. You would think being imprisoned, being in chains would be an impediment. It would be like being surrounded by a thick forest and there's no way through. But in the same way that the Roman army, when they faced that obstacle, they just clear cut those um, pieces of wood and they built a road through. In the same way Paul was saying, the gospel itself is advancing because the Holy Spirit has cleared a highway so that the gospel can go through even to this place. We understand from history that under Augustus, this Praetorian Guard was scattered at various places, both in the city and in the, the suburbs surrounding it. But in Tiberias, he consolidated, uh, under his reign, he consolidated the Praetorians all in one uh, place in the capital so that they could be consolidated together. By this point, they had grown to about seven or 10,000. They were elite soldiers. They received twice as much pay as the rest of the Roman army, and they were considered the very top of the top. What happened as Paul spent two years there chained to these Roman guards? What happened was he would preach to one guard who would go off duty, and that guard would go off and tell other soldiers. The next guard would come in and see him praying and praising God and be impacted. So again and again and again, though Paul was captured where he was, in fact, it was these guards who went out. And by the end of two years, Paul was able to say, the gospel spread through all of them. So thousands and thousands of these elite troops who were concentrated in Rome and would potentially be stationed at other places uh, throughout their military careers, they were hearing the gospel as a result of this. Later in his writing, Paul would say, even when I'm chained, God's word is not chained. And that's what's happened here. And how far did this good news spread? We see a really interesting note at the end of the letter. Paul in Philippians chapter 4 says to Philippi, and Philippi was a Roman colony, so this would have um, been materially significant and interesting to them. Paul said that the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. So what had happened? Members of Caesar's own household, 
the most influential and prominent individuals in the most significant empire on the face of the earth at that time, they had come to faith. They might have never listened to Paul if he was just out preaching on the streets. They never potentially would have visited his house. But what had happened? These guards to whom he, were ch he was chained spread it to other guards, spread it to other people. And by the end of two years of Paul's being in Rome, there were members of Caesar's own household who had come to faith in Jesus Christ. You know, people might be locked down for a season, but the gospel is never locked down. You know, this COVID-19 disease, the associated lockdowns and economic upheaval, has been and will continue to be a means by which, though the circumstances themselves in abstract are terrible, it's been a means by which the gospel has been and will continue to be advanced. Second City Church has reached more people than ever before through your online uh, streams of your services. And I've learned as well that those services have been watched in places like Wisconsin, in places like South Carolina. God is doing something that potentially never would have happened had people not been searching on the internet for a worship experience and found this. You have a captive audience as well in your apartment or building or in your house to whom to display God's love every single day. And furthermore, even after this disease, thank God, will begin to recede from the scene, it's going to be the case that this wider footprint of impact is going to continue for you and for your church. The ministry you have in the world and the service you have in the community, what's happened here is only the beginning of a bigger footprint of sharing the gospel in this community. But the gospel footprint for the church won't just be bigger you will also be bolder. Look at verse 14. Most of my brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul was in prison sharing boldly. The message was being spread like wildfire through the Praetorian Guard. And Paul's fellow Christians saw two things. First, they saw that Paul was not shrinking back the fact that he was chained up was not preventing him from speaking the word every day, from preaching the word, from sharing with others. Secondly, these Christians were beginning to see the most elite soldiers, equivalent to our you know, special forces in the military. These individuals, strong, bold, burly military folks, they were getting born again and they were sharing the gospel without fear. And so the brothers and sisters in the faith, when they saw this, it filled them with boldness, Paul says. It's remarkable that uh, scholars believe that this particular imprisonment was between AD 60 and 62, during the reign of Nero, who would eventually become one of the most diabolical persecutors of Christians. But these believers, they became bold because of Paul's example. They might have said, Paul's under house arrest. He, he can't run and hide anywhere, yet he's speaking courageously. So I'm going to take advantage. He's in there, but I'm out here and I have freedom of movement. So I'm going to be bold and I'm going to go share. Um, Paul's chained to a Roman soldier, but he still speaks. There must be something to this gospel. 
I'll never forget when um, Pastor Rollin and B and I and uh, my wife Tracy, we were on a missions trip in Poland in 2003, so 17 years ago, and just going out and sharing the gospel with students, having Pastor Rollin around because he's such a bold, courageous evangelist, it made everyone else on the team could see him and see that example. I personally felt more bold. Others felt more bold and more confident to share um, because Pastor Rollin was there with us. And we were seeing his example of courage and faith and fearless proclamation of the gospel. And it actually transformed us and changed our own attitude to going out and speaking to strangers about our faith. In the same way, when the believers saw this, they saw what Paul was doing, it impacted them and it made them more bold. Courage is contagious. And the people who see you living day in and day out without fear, in times when there are plenty of things that are conjuring up fear in the hearts of people, when instead of cowering in fear, you're showing them love, people will see that courage and they want to experience it themselves. 2020 has been a year where so many people have been gripped by fear. Now, of course, I'm not speaking here about casting prudence to the wind, throwing out wisdom, being informed, taking necessary precautions, because those things are important. I am talking about not being gripped by paralyzing fear. You're going to come to, in, in the confidence and the boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit, a fresh victory over fear and a fresh confidence and boldness to go out and speak the gospel. There's going to be a fresh wave of that boldness that is going to come to you, my dear friends in Second City Church, and those whom the Lord adds to your number over time. It's going to come forth by the proclamation of the gospel, and it's going to come forth by the power of the Holy Spirit filling you to be bold as you have more and more opportunities to share the gospel with people, particularly as uh, restrictions begin to loosen. And so from you, and from those whom God will bring to join you, because this is what happened to the believers in Rome. Both they became more bold, and also there was an infusion of elite, courageous soldiers who likewise became believers and were sharing the gospel. That's going to happen to you. There's going to be greater boldness in the members of your church. There's also going to be a, a, an infusion of courage as people come to faith. So when those restrictions begin to lift, it's starting now um, with those whom you are close to and spending lots of time with. There's more opportunity now than, than ever before to be with them every day, to show them love. But especially as these restrictions um, become, become more loose, there's going to be more and more opportunities to express that boldness and reach your community with the gospel in a powerful way. So the gospel footprint of the church is going to be bigger. Second City Church, you will be bolder in the proclamation of the gospel. And the gospel partnerships you form, thirdly, will be broader. Let's look at Philippians 1, 15 to 18. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So look at the attitude Paul displays here. He, he wasn't perfectly aligned with every person who was preaching on every matter. In fact, he identified some people are doing things out of selfish motives. 
Some are doing things because they want to spread division. But his dominant perspective was to rejoice that Christ was being preached in the city of Rome. It wasn't essential to Paul to win every argument. It wasn't essential to Paul that everyone loved him. But it was essential to Paul that Christ was proclaimed. How many of us have sadly seen Christian partnerships and relationships broken apart in 2020 because of disagreement in areas where Christians have freedom to decide differently? Hey, if you, if you voted for that candidate, then I'm done working with you. We can't, we can't partner anymore. Or if you feel that way about wearing masks, then I won't work with you to advance the gospel or to feed the poor. This, this is kind of like what the early church faced when there was a contingent that said, we can eat meat, that's fine. And others said, no, we can only eat vegetables. And there arose a dispute among them. And so Paul said, let's keep our eyes on what is essential and what is disputable. In other words, in what areas can there be freedom among different church members? Paul said, if your faith allows you to eat meat, don't look down on those who don't do so. If you're only eating vegetables, don't judge those who do eat meat. So this, the twin principles of don't look down on others and don't judge others are just as important today with the different issues that we face. The kingdom of God, Paul said, it's not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, when the Lord in the Old Testament, when it's written, there are six things the Lord hates, that seven that are detestable to him. The seventh is a person who sows discord among brothers. And so Paul was writing here, he's writing about people who were envious and people who were sowing discord. And he said, rather than say, those people who are envious, those people who cause division, I'm going to turn my attention and focus away from what's central. And I mean, he said, no, no, I'm not going to get drawn away into the motives by which they do it. I'm just going to rejoice that the gospel is preached because that's what's most important to me. Personally, I believe that it's important to carefully research and pray and develop biblical wisdom. Those things are essential in a matter like deciding whom to vote for. I also believe in methodologically sound scientific research as the basis for deciding how do we treat a disease and how do we prevent its spread. But if you, before God and with a clear conscience, reach a different conviction about exactly how to think about those things than I do, I'm never going to let that prevent us from working together to preach the gospel or to feed the poor or to evangelize the nations of the world. Paul said, look, some people aren't even preaching from the right motives. They're not doing it because they want to see lost people come into the kingdom of God. They're trying to stir up trouble. They're thinking to themselves, hey, the more attention we draw to our Christian faith, the more likely it is that the eyes of the Roman government will turn to Paul and they'll get angry at him. So let's preach and maybe we can stir up trouble for him. Others thought, Paul's got this big following. He's planted churches in many places. He's loved by the Christian community in so many different places. Why don't we go out and show that we're actually better than he is or more effective than we, he is at, at preaching? So Paul, not only is he in chains, not only is he chained to a Roman guard and he can't leave this house for two years, despite the fact that his animating passion is to travel everywhere and preach, despite the fact that he's trapped there and can't leave and is imprisoned, 
there are also people who are trying to stir up trouble for him. But in the same way that Paul has a, a joyous, positive, uh, a mindset that looks and says, what is God doing in this situation? He applies the same thing here. He doesn't say, I'm so angry at those people who are envious, who, who are ambitious to, to take away my followers. He says, I'm just really glad that the gospel is being preached, no matter the motive. Paul said, I just want to see the gospel go forth to the ends of the world. I'm bigger than being offended about how people think about me. If it means that more people will be talking about the gospel. If the name of Jesus is just filling the lips of everyone who's walking up and down the streets of Rome, I consider that a victory. And so, Second City family, as we look at Paul's example, this is not the time among mature believers to let our personal beliefs and views on matters that are not essential to the kingdom of God get in the way of preaching Christ. It's important that we develop those. It's important that with scripture and prayer and godly counsel, we develop conviction on many different things. But it is essential and vital that we don't allow those things to divide us from what is essential and what does unite all believers. That is the need to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, love our neighbor as ourselves, and go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And so the great news is uh, this is what's going to be happening in 2021. It's, it's already started a little bit, but you are going to experience newer and richer partnerships in the gospel, broader connections, broader relationships with the Christian community in that city, with other God-fearing churches. It's going to take root as you're thinking broader, never compromising or, or watering down the essential gospel truth but being willing to serve side by side with those who have different views on those disputable matters than we do. The impact is going to be broader because our minds are going to be broader to say, if you're preaching Christ, we can work together to advance his name in this city. And as our hearts open more broadly to our Christian brothers and sisters, we're going to see great impact into the city and into the broader community. I'd like to summarize what I've said. Paul was brought to Rome, and for two years, he was under house arrest. He was chained to a Roman guard. But as Paul would say later to Timothy, God's word is never chained. So even though Paul was chained there, the gospel advanced. First, it advanced bigger because of Paul's preaching and the consistent testimony of his life, his worship, his prayer, his praise, the guards who were with him every day didn't stop hearing about it. And when they left guarding him at the end of their shift, they couldn't stop talking about it. And as a result, thousands upon thousands of soldiers heard the gospel. To the end result, that even members of Caesar's household, the most prominent household in the greatest empire in the face of the earth on that time, came to faith in Jesus Christ. Bigger. Paul preached boldly and without hindrance. And so as a result, many of his fellow brothers and sisters, they took on new confidence. They took on confidence as that boldness from him was imparted to them through the Holy Spirit. And they took on boldness and confidence as all of a sudden, elite soldiers started walking around Rome speaking the name of Jesus. Bolder. And then thirdly, Paul didn't wear himself out obsessing about the potential ulterior motives 
of other preachers. He didn't exhaust himself saying, who will get the credit for this if other people are out there preaching? He simply rejoiced that more people were hearing the name of Jesus. He was willing to take a broader view, not just thinking about who thinks the exact same way I do, who's on my team, who's supporting me. He took the broad view of who's advancing the kingdom of God. And if they're advancing the kingdom of God by preaching, I'm going to rejoice in that. So Second City Church, I believe incredible things are coming to your church family this year. The footprint of your effective gospel outreach is going to increase. It's already spread with you know, watch parties all over the continental United States. It's going to grow and get bigger and bigger. Secondly, you are going to experience in coming days, both you in the church and those who will be added to faith, a newfound boldness to go out and to proclaim with confidence in every situation the truth of the gospel. And thirdly, as we focus on what's essential, as we don't judge, as we don't look down on our fellow believers, also broader partnerships are going to come. And there's going to be um, a spreading network of influence that you have in the Christian community in a way that it impacts the city in a way that's truly remarkable. If it's in your heart to participate with God in all that he's going to do in 2021 and beyond, please join with me now in faith as we pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word of truth. God, I thank you for the promise that your gospel is advancing. God, even in situations where it seems like you're in a dense forest and there's no way out, um, your Holy Spirit can come through and blaze a trail, can clear a path, uh, uh, just like the Roman army used to come in and clear a road so that the Roman army could march through, right through a dense forest, God. You can come into any situation and blaze a trail, God, and I thank you that what you've done in this situation, God, even though we've, we've been locked in our apartments, we've been locked in our homes, but what's happened is through that, the gospel has advanced. And God, I thank you for the ways in which through, through watch parties, through ministry opportunities, through practical steps, more people have heard the gospel. The footprint's grown bigger. And I thank you that it will only continue to grow in the coming year. Secondly, I thank you for greater boldness. God, we're, we're so blessed to have Pastor Rollin um, at, at the helm of this church under God, empowered by your Holy Spirit, submitted to Jesus, but really leading and setting a standard for bold and courageous evangelism and proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for that boldness in this coming year to be imparted in a miraculous, dramatic way. To, both to the flock that is there and also to the new individuals who come in who boldly and fearlessly proclaim the name of Jesus. And thirdly, I thank you for a greater broadness. God, I thank you for increased partnerships with, with other churches, with other uh, communities, with other families of faith. I thank you for just, just a broad connectivity across that, that great city among, uh, among gospel-preaching churches, that they would all come together, that they would all unite, and Second City would be part of this as those churches unite with a broad mandate and a broad witness to serve and to love the poor, to bring justice in a powerful way, to preach the gospel and to send out workers all over the world. Thank you, Lord God, for moving to make things bigger, bolder, and broader in 2021. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now, we're going to continue to rightly divide and study this word, to know how to walk it out, not only being hearers of the word, but also practitioners of the word of God as Jesus commanded us to be in his word. And we're going to do that through getting together throughout the week in our community groups. If you've not been able to find one yet, we have various options for you for both in-person and virtual spaces. We'd like you to go to our website and find the option that works for you. But we just want you to know that throughout this week, not only can you join those groups, but we'll be praying for you. God bless you. And until then, have a great week in the Lord. We love you so much.